What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Let It Grow Investing. I am Jeff, and we're going to talk uh, some investing. We're definitely going to talk some business on this one. We're going to talk some uh, some stocks, some real estate, some Bitcoin uh, ETFs. We've got uh, a lot to cover. And um, yeah, I guess we can go ahead and dive right in. So um, I will be completely, completely honest with you guys. I am uh, a little bit out of touch with the market this week. Uh, it has been a pretty hectic week in the, the mid-Atlantic here for uh, us snowplow operators, snowplow companies. And uh, we take snow days a little bit differently than the average person does. Uh, so we've been pretty pretty well swamped. I mean, as far as you know, mid-Atlantic snowstorms go, not all that much snow really, but um, just kind of back-to-back events, which... Uh, in the way of a snowplow operation, you know, is going to linger, right? So we uh, we weren't expecting snow until Monday night, but it actually hit Monday morning. So I got a wake up call about four thirty, out the door, you know, get salting, get going, and uh, you know, kind of kept going for throughout the day, and then uh, you know, mobilized some other people. We started hitting that uh, Monday night. Then come Tuesday morning, we were out at uh, midnight. And I was, you know, driving until about 2 p.m. that day. So about a 14 hour shift and then right back out a little bit later to get some more salt down. So the roads did not freeze overnight. And uh, yeah, then we got hit uh, Thursday, right? Thursday night. I went back out, did the same thing. Friday, we were pushing snow all day. And then, uh, you know, Saturday morning, I was up at three and uh, back out doing more salt runs. So it uh, is definitely a business which is... uh, I think a lot of people really don't understand what it is to be a snow snowplow operation. I think truthfully, uh, overall, most people don't really understand anyone else's job unless you really have done it. Uh, but that's kind of neither here nor there. So uh, the amount of prep work that goes into snow is uh, is pretty insane to get all your trucks ready, to get all your people ready, insurance routes, uh, you know, this, that, the other contracts. Uh, going back and forth, it is a lot. And and you're basically signing up to be on call from November 15th to April, right? Uh, at least in our area. We we definitely get these late March snowstorms. They're, they're rare, but they do happen and you got to be ready. Your truck's got to be ready. Everything's got to be ready to go. Um, you know, subcontractors, your salt, your chemical, everything else. So it is definitely a situation where there's a lot of working pieces and you got to be ready at any given time. So as far as my schedule is concerned, it's it's really tough to go anywhere, uh, you know, for an extended period of time. If hey, I want to go to uh, the Bahamas in in January, that simply just really doesn't happen. I was lucky enough to go, be able to go to uh, the the Keys uh, last January for a wedding. And uh, what's up, Brian? If you are listening, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was great to be able to go, but uh, on the flip side, right? There's there's no snow, which means I'm not making money unless you have contracts that are are really focused on that seasonal money, regardless if it snows or not. They're paying a flat rate, so uh, a lot of different ways to look at it. But uh, at the end of the day, it is something that uh, I think once you get into it, it's kind of hard not to do it. I can't imagine not doing it. There's a lot of other aspects of the, my business that I can't imagine not doing, and that's probably a talk for another time. But I do enjoy it. Uh, we charge accordingly for the amount of uh, service, the prep work, and and being on call all winter. So when it does happen, it's great. Uh, and I mean, if you've got those contracts where you're getting paid to sit at home and it doesn't snow, uh, that's that's really great too. But uh, those are definitely a little bit harder to uh, secure at this point in time. Just the way that the market's kind of going, people want uh, a snow total price. Uh, say it snows six inches, we pay this. 
or uh, even rather than hourly pricing. A lot of people used to do hourly, and I, I think for the new guy that's a little bit slower, yeah, give him the hourly contracts. And for me, that I've been doing this for quite some time now, uh, it definitely makes more sense for me to go ahead and, and get the per push price. Uh, I can get in there, get out, and uh, make a little bit more hourly because I'm a little bit more efficient than maybe someone who's just starting out. Uh, so yeah, a lot of different moving pieces. We had uh, you know one little uh, incident where uh, a mailbox you know got in the way at uh, three in the morning kind of deal. I swear they move, and um, yeah, we got that fixed. It was one of those uh, high dollar aluminum uh, mailboxes, so of course we we had to find the expensive one, but that has been fixed. Uh, the trucks are ready. We're ready for the next thing. It's supposed to warm up a little bit, but uh, we are good to go. So that is kind of a long and short of uh, what snow removal is. And if you're in the business, uh, you know, hats off to you because I know the amount of hours that you guys put in this past week. So, uh, yeah, we got that right. We've got uh, the Bitcoin uh, spot ETFs. They have definitely been rolling up. We've got uh, BlackRock was the first one to. Uh, secure $1 billion in assets on their uh, their Bitcoin ETF. And then Fidelity was actually number two to be able to secure a uh, billion dollars in their uh, Bitcoin ETF. At the same time, we've also got Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, uh, GBTC, uh, which has been an ongoing um, uh, Bitcoin... Uh, I, got, I, don't, I think that might be the uh, the futures ETF, GBTC. They have been selling off a lot of Bitcoin, which has been uh, dropping the price of Bitcoin. Uh, they were kind of peaking out about a month ago, right? So we saw uh, GBTC at about $40, uh, $43.50 on January 11th. And uh, now we're sitting at $36.95. And a lot of that is simply just to do with them selling off their assets as more and more spot Bitcoin ETFs come to market, they are narrowing out their, their amount of assets under management in that uh, Bitcoin trust. So that we've got going on over there. Crypto is still fairly stable. Uh, I know some people are looking at it like, hey, I knew this was going to happen. Bitcoin ETFs go through, they go through the roof, and then everyone's selling off. Yeah, I mean, I guess that definitely makes sense. I kind of anticipated that uh, as well. I did think that, you know, we're going to sell some of this news that it actually happened. Uh, and then I do believe that after the uh, the having event, we could see a, a, a sell off after that as well. But normally speaking, after a having event, within about 18 months, the Bitcoin cycle peaks out again. Uh, so yeah, we're at 41.9 right now. Um, you know, if you look at it, over the you know probably the last month it's a probably it's down about five percent over the last week uh, a little bit less than one percent but if we go back uh one year we're still up 85 percent on bitcoin so i'm still uh you know was very bullish in the uh the high teens down to you know 16 17 000. i was really saying hey bitcoin makes a lot of sense at this point it was a good time to enter uh, i know a lot of people that were in uh, before that, and we reached those uh, those highs in what the sixty thousand range. Uh, you know that was definitely uh, a great time for uh, for Bitcoin. What do we hit? Uh, I'm trying to get back to November twenty one. Where are we? Uh, sixty five thousand, roughly around there. That's what I'm seeing on Bitcoin. If you started buying at that point, that was a painful drop, right? But at the same time, uh, I think that there was a lot of euphoria. There was a lot of people sitting around at home buying Bitcoin, trying new investments, doing a lot of different things. And then the market just kind of fell out. All the growth, all the speculation names just really tanked. So it doesn't really matter if you were in stocks 
uh, or crypto, I think all of those speculative assets were just very hard hit at that point in time. So uh, I think at those lower prices, it really made sense to get back in. It came back to reality. Uh, and now we've got some other events that are pushing it higher. Uh, so I do think it could stall out here for a little bit. But then I think we're going to have a little bit more news around the halving in April that should start uh, getting people reignited and, and really taking a look at uh, another way to uh, invest some of their money, right? So I'm still uh, bullish long term. Short term, um, I don't know. We could we could definitely test uh, some of these 30,000 uh, price points, no problem. And I'm saying even to the lower 30,000 range, not 39 and come down two grand. I'm saying we could definitely retrace a lot of these steps uh, before we take that next leg higher. But uh, I definitely like where we're at. It's been pretty stable in the 40s for a while now, and uh, I'm I'm pretty comfortable with that. Uh, so we did have the uh, the S and P 500. We we did peak out this uh, this week at a new record high on the S and P 500. We're sitting around 48.39 right now, and uh, definitely a uh, a broad market you know kind of rally. Um, seeing a lot of these stocks move up. The Dow went up uh, 1.05 percent. We had the NASDAQ up 1.7 and the S&P up 1.23 on Friday alone. So yeah, I was uh, like I said, I was out pushing snow all day. I came home. I, I flipped this uh, on. I, I signed into my E-Trade. I was looking, hey, man, we made some money today on a couple different things. So that is, that's great for me. I like definitely seeing uh, you know a little bit of work uh, pay off and uh, having the market pay off for me as well. So I definitely will be taking some of this money from the uh, the excess snow capital that I ended up making this week and rolling back that rolling that money back into the market at least in some capacity. Some will sit on the sidelines, uh, which I actually did have a little bit more money on the sidelines. I know we talked about this last time. Uh, I did sell off uh, what was it? Uh, Salesforce sold off CRM, and uh, I've got that money sitting there. I sold out of that completely, and um, you guys know that I'm a Broadcom fan. But um, I did sell off a little bit of, bit of Broadcom. And I know there was a lot of uh, talk about uh, uh, getting some funding together for chip makers. Uh, who is that? Sam Altman? I, I, I forget the exact name. Who said it? But they're trying to uh, fund chip making for AI and everything else here in the States. Uh, so Broadcom peaked out uh, on Friday, man. We're at $1,211, uh, up 5.8%. This is actually my first 300% gainer on uh, my portfolio. So this is definitely one that uh, has treated me really well. I sold a couple shares, took a little bit off the table, and uh, it's still up there in my top 10 positions for uh, an, an actual asset value that I have. It's still Broadcom. So uh, I'm going to get hit on taxes with this, but uh, it is long-term capital gains because it's over a year. Uh, I did my, my average cost basis now is at 295 and it's at 1211. So definitely one that has served me well. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've definitely exceeded the, well exceeded the amount of money that I've invested into this one. And, uh, you know, there's significant gains here on, on this one for me. So I sold out a position really just to bring the, uh, percentage of my portfolio back under five. We were getting, we were, if we weren't at five, we were real close. So right now it's 4.4%. Is sitting in Broadcom, uh, and when I look at it uh, against the other names that I'm holding, oh uh, man, actually Nvidia, that one might need a haircut too. Nvidia now uh, reaching new highs, 
is uh, now 5.6% of my portfolio. So I might have to trim that as well. I don't like them getting over five. And uh, man, with NVIDIA hitting new all-time highs at 594.91. Again, similar to the same uh, path that Bitcoin took. Um, last year, we definitely had that sell-off. And uh, this time last year, we were, where were we? Probably down in the 200 range. Uh, we were at two... 210 at the start of uh, February last year. So yeah, we've definitely uh, seen this one rally up strong. And uh, I still think that it's a very, very strong company. The revenue still looks great. And uh, I even bought it uh, for, what was it? Week one? Week one of the investing challenge for 2024? Uh, no, sorry. Uh, week two. I forgot we're already on week four somehow. Uh, yeah. So number, number two, I bought at 490 or for week two, I bought at 490, bought Nvidia. So we're already up $104 on this, uh, this actual stock price. I'm not up that I'm only up because I bought uh, $200 worth, probably up uh, $30 or whatever that number actually is. But uh, I'm still very bullish on the revenue that Nvidia is, uh, pre predicted and projected to make. And also with the, uh, the amount of, uh, talk around, uh, a lot of their uh, GPUs that um, uh, Meta is actually looking to purchase. They are looking to uh, have about three hundred and fifty thousand, I want to say it was, uh, of their uh, H100s, and uh, they're they're still looking to build out more and more compute power from Nvidia or similar chips. So we've definitely got that. We've got the uh, you know Sam Altman saying, "Hey, we want to uh, really fund AI and chip makers here in the states." And uh, that is definitely causing all of these, uh, you know, semiconductor companies to really move up. And uh, I still think that NVIDIA is cream of the crop when it comes to a lot of these names. And I think that uh, Broadcom, Qualcomm, they, they're all set to go higher. Uh, Qualcomm, man, this one, this one might actually need to take a pause for me, which uh, normally I don't say. But uh, I did write that covered call option on Qualcomm. And uh, let's get back over to that. Let's see what this one is actually written at. Um, Qualcomm is now at 151.96, and I up 4.6% on Friday alone. And I have a 160 call on February 23rd. So, um, man, if this goes up $8.04 by now on February 23rd, uh, man, there goes uh, 100 shares of my Qualcomm just uh, going to get sold. And uh, that's okay. I can I can definitely rebalance and, and try to buy this one in a little bit cheaper and uh, go about it that way. But uh, hopefully it doesn't get to that. I'm hoping it uh, retraces a little bit uh, start of this week, comes back down, gives some of this 4.5% gain uh, back. And uh, I can kind of just keep the, uh, the premium from writing this covered call option and actually hold on to my shares as well. So that's what I'm hoping for there. Uh, what else we got? We've got... Um, Let's take a look. I know I was looking at uh, some different news that I wanted to uh, to cover here. We got uh, yeah, Nvidia. We covered that one. Oh, uh, Reddit. They're they're looking to uh, IPO in March. So we're we're starting to see a little bit more action in the IPO space, which is going to be helping a lot of these uh, uh, banks that are really tied to a lot of uh, investing like that. So we've got uh, Goldman is definitely one that we think of. Uh, J.P. Morgan a little bit. Morgan Stanley a little bit. Uh, Goldman is the big one that comes to mind when I'm thinking about the uh, the IPO market and a lot of that funding. So uh, we're definitely going to be uh, watching what happens with uh, the first IPOs of the year. We're going to be watching what some of these banks do as uh, rates come back down to earth. And uh, yeah, gradually, but uh, they are coming back down. Uh, so Goldman, 
uh, they are trading a little bit up. We've uh, they were up 1.4 percent, but we are at a uh, 52 week high. So I think a lot of other people are assuming that as the IPO and investment banking, investment services really comes back, Goldman's going to be doing better versus some of your uh, you know, regional banks or even banks that are focused on uh, consumer banking rather than uh, this commercial side of banking. So Goldman at uh, 382, uh, we did hit 389 on the 5th of January. So we uh, are still a little bit off of that. But uh, let's see what the uh, analysts actually say. Well, they still say we got about 8.8% of upside, average price target being 416. And like I said, we're at 382. And uh, yeah, we've got uh, someone saying we got about 29% of upside. They're thinking this gets to 493. And uh, with the perfect uh, storm of uh, investment banking taking back off IPO market, and uh, no real slowdown with the soft landing, uh, yeah, I definitely think we could get above that 416. I'm still definitely interested in a lot of the uh, the financial stocks. I still think that that is a good place to put some money and uh, you know park it and, and have uh, some easy returns here. That is that's kind of my thought process. I think as as rates come down, as we do get more lending, more people buying homes, uh, I believe that this uh, is going to spur some more activity. We did have the lowest uh, home sales in uh 2023 since 1995 uh so we've definitely had a slowdown there i want to get that actual number we got um man let me see if i can't pull that back up where was that number on full yeah full year home sales in the u.s for 23 came in at 4.09 million units the lowest tally since 95 that's uh from cnbc so uh, I definitely think that we're going to start to see some more activity in that space. I think that is going to help a lot of the builders, a lot of the uh, equipment handler companies, equipment, uh, you know, as far as materials for homes, glass, uh, you know, roofing shingles, even uh, lumber, everything else. I think that's all going to uh, have a bump up this year as we're going to spur more activity from lower rates and uh, pent up demand. Really, you know, there's all these uh, people that aren't buying homes right now. And, uh, you know, it shows in the numbers. So we will see what happens with that front. Uh, I am definitely interested to see your thoughts on on all things market. So if there's something you want to share with me, if there's uh, an article that you find interesting, if there's a stock that you're really looking at, feel free to share it up to the group at uh, Let It Grow Investing on Facebook. And uh, there is a link in the description. And uh, yeah, with that being said, I'm going to take a quick break. I'm going to come back with uh, some ideas as to what we can be looking to purchase here in week four and uh, and beyond, right? We're going to start looking at uh, some different names that might make sense going forward. So stick around and uh, I'll be right back. If you guys are looking to start your own portfolio for this year, uh, please use my offers in the description. We've got uh, different offers for E-Trade, for Webull, for Crypto.com, and for Binance. Uh, we do our investing challenge over there at Webull. They also have Webull Pay, which you can go ahead and uh, buy and sell your crypto on. It all was under one umbrella, but uh, they separated it out. And now you have to use the Webull Pay in order to buy, sell, send crypto. And uh, I haven't really used that that much, right? We've done a little bit of buys really in 2022 for crypto uh, on the app. And then it all got transferred over to Webull Pay. So right now it's just sitting and uh, growing for me. Uh, so uh, definitely use my links to uh, let it grow for you as well. And uh, with that being said, uh, we are going to roll right into our investing challenge thoughts for week four. And um, 
where we're at right now and what uh, week five is going to be looking like. I'm going to get that back out to voting. I am sorry. My uh, my schedule has been pulling me every which way uh, crazy. And uh, for some reason, it, it seems slower but busier. It doesn't really make sense to me, but uh, that's kind of neither here nor there. Uh, so up first, we, we are looking at um, week four, right? And uh, for week four, I'm just going to go ahead and buy a name that I've really been looking to buy. Uh, I've talked about it before, but I've never really pulled the trigger on just this name. It is held in some different ETFs that I have. It is a growth stock. It is speculative. It is uh, my money. So I'm not going to just put it out to you guys and uh, then I don't get to, to go ahead and purchase it. So right now with my $200 for week four, I'm going to be buying CRISPR Therapeutics. Uh, the ticker is CRSP. We've talked about it before. They are a gene editing uh, company. They are making different medications and treatments for a lot of underserved illnesses that are out there. I've talked about it before. They were working with, uh, I forget who they were working with on uh, cystic fibrosis treatment for CF. And they were doing a lot of great things in the space and making life uh, you know, a little bit easier for a lot of those patients. They've got some other things on the... Uh, on the plate right now, we're, we're definitely looking at treatments for a lot of different uh, uh, illnesses that are out there. And I think uh, CRISPR is uh, at the forefront of all things that are are out there. And I do believe that they've got a, a, a great thing going. We've got a lot of upside. The, the EPS is low, but uh, they are growing the business. It seems like the revenues are doing well. And uh, we're trading at the middle-ish of the range. Uh, low was at 37 back in October. The high was in de December at uh, 77. And right now we're sitting at $62. So a big swing from October to uh, December, you know, almost like 45 days, right? And they uh, almost doubled. If they didn't double, they were, they were pretty close there. I think they did double in that short amount of time. But we've given some of it back. And uh, right now we've got about 40% of upside from about 20 uh, different, <clears throat> excuse me, analysts that are out there. So I'm still thinking that uh, it's going to be a decent entry point. We've got a lot of upside. Uh, it's speculative though, right? It could, uh, could go way down as we saw over the past uh, four months here. There's a big range for uh, some stocks in, in the growth space like this, especially with a lot of speculation and a lot of the ETFs that are buying and selling these names. Uh, quickly after they uh, they make these 100% moves. So I'm going to go ahead and buy it. Uh, I'm going to buy it for a couple personal reasons. I'm going to buy it for a lot of the things that they are getting into. I like that the management is trying to serve these uh, these underserved illnesses and uh, make life you know a little bit easier for some of these people affected by some of these, uh, these illnesses that they do have. Uh, so I'm definitely... Um, Happy to be buying it. I'm definitely curious to see where this one goes. And I think it could be a, a strong growth driver going forward. So uh, for week four, CRSP, that is going to be the stock of the week. That is which one I'm buying. And uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to go for it, do it, do your own research, right? This is not financial advice. This is just my opinion as to what I am doing at this given point in time. Uh, so that uh, is going to be... Tomorrow, I'll be buying $200 worth and I'll be putting that right into our Webull portfolio. Again, if you need to use the link, you get some free stuff simply by opening account uh, using my link and uh, depositing as little as a dollar. You get free shares just randomly selected, given to you. And uh, you know, I think I get one or two free shares as well. So I would definitely appreciate that. Uh, you know, so next up, we're on to week five, right? 
uh, I'm definitely trying to keep a mix here. So there is a kind of a, I'm trying to pull a stock out of each industry that kind of makes sense to me right now. Uh, so first up is going to be cybersecurity. Next is going to be uh, a chip maker. A third is going to be a utility. Uh, number four is going to be an oil play. And then number five is going to be a financial play. A lot of these names right now have gone up so much that it is very difficult to find anything with meaningful upside based on what the analysts said. Uh, you know, last month, everything has already gotten to those numbers and they're looking to go past it. I am watching the PE. I'm watching the price to sales. I'm watching all of those things um, and trying to make sure that we're not overpaying for the amount of growth that these stocks are actually paying out to us. Uh, so if that peg ratio is getting way too high, you probably don't want to buy it. It's probably getting a little bit too rich and you got to see the writing on the wall and know that you are overpaying for the growth that they are giving to you. Uh, so definitely look at those peg ratios. Try to understand that. You can look on investopedia.com. There's a lot of different ways to uh, you know take all this information in. So that is definitely a good resource. Um, try to understand what you're getting and why you're buying it now. Because if you're buying Bitcoin at 64,000 and you don't understand why you're buying it, and then it goes to 16, 17,000, you're going to be upset with yourself and the position that you're in. And you, you, know, you really can't sell out of it because now you're losing all your money. I mean, you can sell out of it, but you really don't want to and take the loss. So definitely understand what you're buying. Understand the companies that you're getting into. Are they cyclical? Are they looking for you know warmer weather? Is it something to do with this company? Is does better if there's disasters out there? You know, any different thing. There could be a million different reasons why a stock is running, but just understand why they're running and know that uh, hey, it could be going south next week. So understand the company understand the numbers and uh, try to do your own homework. That is the, the best thing I can tell you if you're looking to build your own portfolio. So number one is going to be a company in the cybersecurity space. We already said that. It is going to be Zscaler. I've been uh, you know, kind of pounding the table on CrowdStrike for long enough, and that one is getting close to about 100% gain for me. So if you're on that, uh, that path, um, you know, hopefully CrowdStrike has uh, served you well as, as, as well, right? We've got uh, Zscaler. So the ticker is ZS. Uh, they are posting about 40% year over year revenue growth. They are carving out the name for themselves. They have been uh, growing. They've been doing a lot of things great. And uh, they're really trying to get all that market share that they, that they can capture and sell more product to more and more customers. Uh, so I still really like the space. I still think that uh, cybersecurity is not going to take a day off. It's just not going to. We're not going to see it happen. And uh, it is almost a necessity that these companies that have your personal information have to have uh, some some really high-end cybersecurity uh, to avoid a lot of uh, liability on their end. They got to do the best they can to prevent uh, you know cyber, cyber crimes before they happen. Zscaler is going to be right in that space. There is not a ton of upside right now, but as I mentioned, uh, a lot of these companies have actually already gotten to the uh, the price targets that were set, you know, maybe last quarter, and we're already pushing past those on the twelve month uh, price targets for uh, for a lot of these different names out there. So try to understand what uh, what you're looking at there, and um, this one could go south, right? I know it is a growth name. I know it's just more of a speculative name, a little bit more volatility. But I do believe that uh, it's got a bright future ahead of it. And I still think that a lot of the, the cybersecurity plays 
could be uh, could be very strong. So uh, if we're looking on, uh, I'm going to try to pull up E-Trade here and run through this one real quick. And I have not even looked at this one yet. I'm trying to look at some different names that I really think could be um, great winners for us in uh, in this time, right? With the, the industries that we're looking at and why I'm looking at these industries. Uh, so we are going to look at the analyst of research, right? We've got uh, Refinitiv. Let's uh, let's get over there. It is rated a buy on there, 400% uh, five-year return. So definitely nice to see that. It, the trend has been your friend. About 4.5% of upside right now. So like I said, uh, that's 39 different analysts. Uh, I'm sure the the more recent ones have been coming in uh, closer to that 311 high mark that uh, was set. Uh, and some of these ones down near 185 might be a little bit older. Yep, actually, you know, the, the Berenstein uh, came out with a 311 price target on the 17th. So that's four days ago as I'm recording this. Uh, we've got a 230 buy from Truist. We've got uh, Bank of America saying buy at 255. Stifle Nicholas at 270. Um, and that always blows my mind. I don't know why on the 16th you're going to say buy and the price target's 230, but now it's 231. Uh, it doesn't really make sense to me. You would think that you would be buying it if it's going to 270, but maybe not buy it if you're already past your price target. That that doesn't really compute with me. But nonetheless, some of the newer price targets are higher, and uh, the most recent one is the high on the street. So uh, I still think that we've got a strong company, a strong industry, and a lot of n- uh, necessity in this area. So ZS, Zscaler is stock number one for week five. Number two is going to be a semiconductor company that hasn't quite taken off. And uh, I think one of the reasons it hasn't quite taken off is the fact that it is not uh, held locally. It is a Taiwan semiconductor, and that is TSM. We've got around 21.3% of upside on this name. Uh, I still think that the space is very strong. Uh, I told you guys that uh, they are trying to build different factories. We've got uh, some money coming in, potentially from the the government, to build out uh, a lot of different factories. We will see what's going on there. I still think that it is a, uh, a good company. The, the trailing 12-month PE is at uh, 21.4. So that's uh, that's realistic, right? We've got a quarterly dividend of about one and a quarter percent right now. Um, so the earnings are very strong, $46 of uh, EPS. Uh, so yes, uh, a pretty solid earnings per share on, uh, on Taiwan Semi. I'm trying to do the math there. That doesn't make sense. I will t- uh, try to figure that one out. Uh, we've got... Uh, Let's get back over to the Refinitive report. See if we can't pull one up for uh, TSM. Uh, we've got, um, well, this actually says it's 1.7% dividend yield. Uh, I was on the uh, E-Trade um, online versus the um, E-Trade app. I actually do not have a Refinitive uh, report on this one. But um, bullish uh, signals on the uh, the MACD uh, short-term and long-term. Uh, we've got uh, beta is at a 1.3 on this. We've got uh, everything's trending up, bullish across the volume, across uh, the slope, the the money flow. Everything's looking pretty solid here for TSM. Again, one that I think is fairly valued and uh, in the right place at the right time. So that is uh, one that has a decent amount of upside and we uh, can still get in and, and try to take care of some of these gains, right? Uh, AMD, Qualcomm, both of those are about flat right now. Uh, there's some negative numbers in the mix. Uh, NVIDIA still got some upside, but uh, we just bought NVIDIA. So I'm going to look at another option, and that is TSM. 
Number three, utility. I'm looking at Dominion. I think we already own this one in the investing challenge. Uh, but uh, I still think that utilities are strong, right? Uh, those those bills aren't going anywhere. They're going to uh, remain out there. And I, I think that, uh, you know, to have a, a stock that you can, you know, rest easy at night and get uh, close to a 6% dividend yield like uh, Dominion Energy, man, that is uh, that almost seems too good to be true. So uh, I definitely think that utilities make a lot of sense right now. Like I said, we're adding more houses to the grid. We're we're looking to uh, you know really use more in the way of uh, electricity on EVs, and and there's a really a lot of strain out there on that network. So I'm thinking these rates are going to get higher. Uh, I'm thinking there's going to be more demand, uh, and I think that utilities, as people get out of treasury yields, as we get out of bonds, we're going to roll back in, into dividend stocks. And if you still want that five percent, uh, close to six percent number. Dominion makes a lot of sense right now. So it's a safe play and you're getting a, a solid dividend in order to hold on to it. So that is number three. Um, number four, I said oil and gas. We are looking at Enbridge, E-N-B. And that is a Canadian midstream pipeline company. Um, let me just uh, get to the uh, the actual description here, right? We've got, uh, they've got five business segments, uh, liquid uh, pipelines, gas transmission, midstream, uh, gas distribution and storage, renewable power generation and energy services. So, uh, Canada, us mainly where all of their, uh, work is going to be. And, uh, a lot of different things, transporting fuel, transporting, uh, oil and gas and, uh, solid dividend, right? 7.5% on Enbridge right now. We've got uh, we've got some upside. Let's uh, get back over to Refinitiv and see what we got on that. Uh, they're rating it a hold, but uh, but just barely. It's right off a buy. And again, it's another stock that I think we can uh, buy to get that dividend, get a little bit of safety in there, and uh, still have some upside. Right, we're about nine point six percent of upside on ENB, and uh, I think oil and gas could be a good area to look for some safe gains and getting that dividend yield as a lot of these other stocks have already run past the price targets that a lot of analysts have set for them. And uh, with the S&P creeping to new highs, we really got to be selective and not buy those stocks that are really already overvalued. Uh, and then the, the fifth one here for week five is going to be Citibank, right? The ticker is C. And, um, you know, a lot of different banks have already run We've definitely seen that. Uh, so we've got um, City with the the most amount of upside. Actually, City Group. Sorry. Um, so ticker is C. We've got um, four point one percent dividend yield. The PE on uh, trailing twelve months is at eight point one. The EPS is at six point three. Uh, so I'm thinking of after some of the the management missteps, some of the problems that City Group has had. I'm starting to see that uh, more and more people are going to be rolling back into financials. A lot of the things we just talked about. So I'm thinking it could be time to get back into uh, some banking names. Uh, and this one has, let's uh, let's double check this. I want to get uh, the, the numbers right. We are right in the buy rating. Um, we are starting to see some positive returns in the one year. They are down over the past five years, about 19%. So I'm hoping we can start getting... Things back in order now that we've got uh, the the labor force uh, kind of shrunk back down. Some of their their bills are under control, and we're going to have some more, uh, you know, renewed activity in the market, if you will. So I think a lot of these trends should help us. We've got around fifteen percent of upside from twenty four analysts on Refinitiv, and I believe it was a little bit higher on E Trade. I want to say it was about seventeen or eighteen percent of upside. 
but uh, we've also got that 4% dividend yield. So we're, we're right around 20% with dividend and upside, which I'm definitely happy to see. Uh, we've got um, positive earnings for the past uh, past year. We've got uh, small gains in revenue uh, over the next uh, two years, only about uh, 2% this year and 4% by the end of next year. Uh, dividend growth is a, a low number at 2%. We've got dividend payout at 51.9, which I'm comfortable with. And um, hopefully some of these numbers can start uh, surprising us as some of this uh, this growth comes back to the market. As we get more and more uh, rate cuts and we get a little bit more lending activity out there. And uh, some of these other plays that management has made over the past uh, six months to a year are, uh, are getting a little bit better for them as well. So that's the five that I've got for you guys this week. Uh, Zscaler, ZS, Taiwan Semi, TSM, Dominion. Uh, the ticker is D. Enbridge, ENB, uh, Citigroup, C. And for week four, I'm buying CRISPR. And that was my uh, first and final decision for the week. So that's what I got for you guys. Uh, hopefully, you guys found some, uh, some value in this podcast. If you could go ahead and uh, sub- subscribe, share, and uh, like the, video, uh, like the uh, podcast as well. That would mean the world to me. And uh, if you hear my puppy in the background, she's just trying to say hi too. Uh, so that's uh, that's about all I got for you guys this week. So thank you very much for stopping by and I will catch you guys in the next one. Take care. Thank you for stopping by here on Let It Grow Investing. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and share to build a community of like-minded investors. If you do have questions for me or for the group, you can find us over there on Let It Grow Investing Podcast on Facebook. This is not professional financial advice. I am not a professional financial advisor. Please make sure to do all your own research before investing in any security. I do have links in the description to help get you started on E-Trade, Webull, Crypto.com, and Binance. And a friendly reminder that a goal without a plan is just a dream. So go ahead and build your plan, uh, design your portfolio, and stick to it. Thanks for stopping by. I will catch you guys in the next one.